Hey, it's good to be back with you. Thanks for being with us. Always say it every time. We pray we're a blessing to you. And uh, I just thank you for uh, uh, listening to us or listening and watching whichever venue you're doing. We're in a new series. Imagine that. Uh, we're in a new series called I Am. And we're doing this through Lent right on up to Easter Sunday. Uh, we are taking the Gospel of John, and we ask you to read the Gospel of John with us. Um, if there's no reading schedule, uh, you read it at your leisure. If you get finished with it, turn right around and read it again. Stay with us in the Gospel of John. All these I Am sermons and the I Am statements are going to be coming from the Gospel of John from now till Easter, so we want you to be there with us. And that can be a part of your reading. If you're practicing Lent, you know, it's about generosity, about helping people. It's also about uh, prayer and devotion. And it's also about fasting. And fasting uh, obviously can include food, but it could be from social media, other things like that, uh, that you can search and look and read about and then choose to do that. Uh, so if you're practicing that, remember it's Monday through Saturday that we fast, use our generosity, in prayer and devotion, and then Sunday is a day of celebration because of the resurrection, then you start back again. So we pray that you're doing that. Uh, we're beginning uh, with the first statement of the seven I am statements, and that is John 6, 35, where the Lord says, I am the bread of life. And Jesus told them, no one comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge to give to me, to speak to people listening or watching or both. If you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, uh, Lord, you see all of us, but you see me differently. I'm under a greater and a more strict judgment than anybody watching or listening. I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your will, your word. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. In chapter 6, which is where we are today, uh, beginning the I Am Statements, we've got two phenomenal things going on. Uh, um, both uh, they're, they're preceding Jesus teaching himself that, uh, about himself that he is the bread of life. One is there's the feeding of the 5,000, which there are fish and loaves. Uh, honestly, the, the bread is there, and I want to bring that out here in just a moment. And we know it's probably more than 5,000 people because of children and, uh, and women being there as well. Um, then we have uh, the account of Jesus walking on the water. And that's found in John 6, uh, 16 through 20. And I, I want to show you this because we're not talking about when Simon Peter, by faith, walks on water. We're talking about a whole other occurrence of Jesus walking on the water. Let me just read to you the scenario of this. This is John 6, 16 through 20. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, started across the sea to Capernaum. Darkness had already set in, but Jesus had not yet come to them. Then a high wind arose and the sea began to churn. After they had rowed about three or four miles, uh, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat and they were afraid. Uh, but he said to them, it is I, it is I, do not be afraid. Um, I was, uh, I, I was 
raised around a lake in Campbellsville. We had Green River Lake. <clears throat> Pastor in Russell County, there's Lake Cumberland. So I've been around lakes and water most of my life. Now, can you can you imagine tubing behind a pontoon boat and, and Jesus keeping track with you on the water? Uh, can you imagine be out there bass fishing and you you just you just watch Jesus walk across the lake? Can you imagine that? Um, and ho- hopefully you can in this passage. And I want I want you to notice something that in Scripture. And you're going, man, this doesn't have anything to do with eternity or salvation. It's just the person of Jesus that's amazing to me, is that they they were three to four miles offshore. That's a long way. Uh, a lot of us don't walk three to four miles on land <laughs> at, a, at a typical time. And here Jesus is, it's even stormy, and he's walking there. What do we average? Two and a half, three mile an hour when you walk? if you're walking for exercise. Uh, so we're talking an hour or a little over an hour walk on the water out there. It says there's, it's a stormy conditions. I just wanted to point that out to you. As you read the gospels, there's amazing things that come out, but I, I think this is a, uh, you may count it as a simple miracle. I just think it's just a picture of Jesus that I look at. But nonetheless, uh, John is giving us these two stories of uh, feeding the 5,000, and then also him walking on the water, uh, being this miracle man that he is, and then teaching that I am the bread of life. Um, I want you to look at John 6, 30 through 31. There's a conversation going on, and the, the people who are aware, you have to know these people are already aware that Jesus was not in the boat with the disciples when they left, but he was with them when they arrived. And they're going, how did this happen? And I just told you about him walking on the water. They're also aware of the miracle of feeding the 5,000 with the fish and the loaves. They're very aware of this. So uh, John 6, 30 through 31, they make this statement. What sign then are you going to do so we may see and believe you? They ask, what, what, what are you going to perform Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it was written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. The people here are like, oh boy, you know, you've done, you've done the fishes and the loaves thing. You've, uh, you fed, you fed all these people with such little food. You've walked on the water to get to a destination. I'm sure the disciples were talking about this. And what are you going to do next? What other trick are you going to pull? What else are you going to show us when it comes to what you're able to do? It's kind of like this, oh boy, you know, what are you going to do next? In verse 31, that they said, our fathers ate the man in the wilderness, just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. They're setting up the teaching of Jesus to use the example of bread and that he is the bread of life. But I want to show you how that comes together already before this teaching occurs. Uh, I've said this many times. I repeat myself a lot on this. I want our people to see this. I think these are just incredible, incredible discoveries of treasure in Scripture. And uh, when you get into a deeper study uh, about Jesus, what was prophesied about Jesus, and even what happened to him in his life. But I want to remind you that Jesus was prophesied 
to be born in Bethlehem. That's not just where seemingly where they stopped or they ended their journey. He was prophesied that he would be born there. I've been there, been there several times to those places that uh, are highlighted as the place of his birth. Uh, so you've got to know what the word Bethlehem means. The word bait or B-E-T-H means house. The, the word lehem, uh, lechem is the way they would pronounce it, means bread, house of bread. Bethlehem is the house of bread. And so out of the house of bread, Jesus is going to come and say, I am the bread of life. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's absolutely providential from God. So you need to see that picture. Prophesied Bethlehem, house of bread. Jesus is going to start his teaching in the bread of life. But these people just set it up for him. When they started talking about the manna uh, that they got, um, uh, that they ate in the wilderness, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus responds. Uh, Jesus said to them, I assure you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. This is John 6, 32-33. I assure you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the, the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven, and he gives life, absolute life to the world. He's telling them, I am this bread. It is me. And I give life. And the word that he uses here as life is not biological life. Uh, that would be the word bios. If you use the word biology, it's the study of life. Bio, B-I-O. Meaning this life that we have, this physical life. Jesus didn't use bios here. He used zoe here. And he used zoe meaning that that is a life that is above and beyond uh, physical living. It is a life that is... a on a spiritual realm, even an unseen realm that, uh, that we're living. Uh, I, I want to remind you that in Matthew 4.4, Jesus has finished his 40-day fast in the wilderness, and he's being tempted, and he's hungry. The scripture said he was hungry, and he's being tempted by Satan to turn you know, stone into bread. The response of Jesus is this, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, physically, you and I need food for sustenance and nourishment in our body. Jesus is talking on a, a completely different realm than the physical life. He's reminded them that uh, I, am, I, am, I am the person that's going to satisfy your life in, any, in, the, in a spiritual way, in a soul way. I'm the one that's going to be able to complete you. Uh, it's 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 he he from him. We are going to get wisdom and understanding and knowing what life really is all about. And you're going to find out when you get there. It's more simple than we make it out to be. Then in John chapter six verse thirty four, uh, per their request, they said to Sir, give us this bread always. And in verse 34, it's saying always like, will you give us this bread over and over and over again, again and again and again and again? Will you make sure that our cupboards are stocked with this kind of bread? Basically feeding us like God fed the Moses and the children of Israel every day with manna. 
And then John, John records this and Jesus teaches this in John 6.35, which is where we started. And uh, that is, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. No one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. He repeats this in John 6.47 by saying, I am the bread of life. Could the relation of Jesus and the recent miracle of the fishings of loaves come to play here? Could it be that Jesus is saying, man, you're mesmerized by my miracle of fishes and loaves, even walking on the water, but let's get back to the food item, uh, fishes and loaves, you're mesmerized by this. Could it be that he's replacing himself with even their, their fixture on, on you fed us, miraculously fed us? Uh, he uses hunger and thirst here because they're, they're metaphors, they're teaching examples, they're illustrations of human responses uh, to bodily needs, to be able to explain what he's getting ready for them to understand. Everyone has them. We all have these needs physically uh, to hunger and to thirst. Our body is craving the nourishment and the supply of this. Uh, and But he's addressing something greater than the physical realm. He's trying to get them to understand. In scripture, your body is important. He made it. It even says that uh, scripture Paul wrote that even uh, being physically fit has its limits. But the goal is for you and I to be spiritually fit. Uh, the body is important. He made us, but it's not the most important part of us. The soul, your spiritual life is far more important. Uh, I know, I'm, I'm hoping you're praying for Ukraine and what's going on there and the possibilities of beyond there. Uh, I, I, I just take it for granted that you are praying for them. I know I am. Our church is. Uh, we can get into end times. Obviously, these, these, this situation is having people burst with questions when it comes to end times. And uh, there are some things that Jesus uh, told us about that revealed to John, the very John that wrote this gospel. And uh, he revealed to us that these things are going to happen. So, in times, we, act, we usually go, what's gonna happen to me? That can be a physical response. What's gonna happen to me physically? You know, where am I gonna live? How am I gonna eat? How am I gonna survive? Um, the true preparation for end times is a spiritual preparation. Make sure that God has your soul. He absolutely has filled your soul. Uh, his, his teaching uses human experience and human examples to help us understand even what our, our soul even desires. You, you can have physical hunger, but the truth of it is many of us are having spiritual hunger and we're trying to fill it with physical things, experiences, even food itself. Uh, there's a core emptiness. There's a core, a soul emptiness, and we try to fill that with physical experience. He says he is the bread of life. If, uh, if, if we understand this, he who comes to me will, uh, will, will you'll, you're, you're not gonna be hungry and you're not gonna be thirsty anymore. It's not gonna happen to you anymore. There's a core emptiness that is there for us. Uh, and it's, it's basically your physical body needs sustenance over and over and over and over again. But your soul, once it experienced the one who made it, the Lord himself, 
is you're not going to hunger and thirst over and over and over and over and over again. Why? The spiritual emptiness is gone. Guys, listen, we're, we're probably more guilty of feeding, and I don't just mean food and water. I just don't mean, I just don't mean food and drink. We're probably more guilty of feeding ourselves physically. Um, just, just even, I bring up the word fun. We think that, that life is just about having fun or escapism. There's responsibilities around us and they are great. Uh, I just want to escape. I want to go away to a place. And I'm not saying you don't need a retreat. You don't need some respite time. But it seems like we go after that over and over and over and over, uh, maybe even more than what is necessary. Uh, we we are feeding our spiritual cravings with a physical world, and the emptiness is there because we're not feeding. Remember, I told you Jesus said, "I can't live by bread alone." Uh, that that is meant to sustain me, nourishment and food wise. I've got to feed off his word, which is the spoken word of creation, the, the, the written word of Christ and the living, the living word being Christ himself. So he is the bread of life. He is the manna from heaven. He is the nourishment that is absolutely to my soul. And that's what he's trying to get them to believe. It's not that I'm going to keep your cupboard full. It's that if you experience me, I will fill your soul. And that's what's crying out more than anything else. Uh, Nothing will satisfy your soul but Jesus. Here's my challenge before we head out of here today. Here's my challenge. I love bread. I'm going to go ahead and confess it out loud. I love bread. Uh, I'm not much on uh, uh, what we called light bread when I was growing up or white and rich bread, even though that's what I ate mostly as a child. Excuse me. I love whole wheat bread. I love pita bread. I love going to Israel because, man, you eat all kinds of bread. Uh, I love uh, tortilla. I love to be able to roll those up. Sometimes I just eat them with nothing in them. (laughs) They're just good. I love bread. I love biscuits. I I can't hear you, but you're probably amening me on the other side of that lens there. Uh, let me let me tell you what country is, okay? And if you're not if you're not country, you're not gonna get this. So this is just to my country, my country folks out there. I not only like biscuits, I love cathead biscuits. All right, you just figure that one out. You just do your own search on that. Uh, I love cornbread. Goodness gracious, I love rolls. And when I say this, I'm talking about a lady like a a mom to me. Uh, She just celebrated her 100th birthday, Miss Lucille Graham. I know that her, one of her daughters, Martha Sullivan, Martha and Randy, I know they uh, they are are watching and I I love you, I love you mom, and you know that. I was able to spend the afternoon with her a little bit, celebrating her 100th birthday. She made the best homemade rolls. I can smell them while I'm talking to you right now. Love Miss Lucille. Uh, I love bread in the form of donuts. Is that right to say that there's bread in the, I guess that's okay, isn't it? I love bread in the form of cinnamon rolls or even pastry. Uh, I love that. I think you get the picture, right? And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there just like me. Even in the Lord's Supper, Jesus used bread to teach. 
He said, this is represents my body, which was given. Uh, and I, I, I really believe in the simplicity of the gospel and even in the simplicity of his teaching. I believe when he used bread, uh, even with the fish and the loaves, even uh, in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, the sustenance. I believe when he said to these people, I am the bread of life. He says it multiple times. I believe at the, at the Last Supper with him, which we call the Lord's Supper, he uses bread to be able to teach and says, this is my body given to you. I really believe this in the simplest of forms that he intended in his teaching that every time you ate bread, you would remember him being the bread of life. Uh, it's meant to remember him. Listen, as you take and eat bread in the normal course of your day, you know how sometimes you go to a restaurant and who cares about what you're getting ready to order? You just, you can't wait for the bread to come out, you know? It's cinnamon butter on it, honey butter on it, all those kind of, I know, I know what I'm doing to you. I know what I'm doing to me when I say that. Um, do we desire him as much as we desire physical food, bread? Uh, when you eat bread, will you remember what he taught about bread? There's the house of bread, Bethlehem, which he was born. Comes out of, his, out of that, the teaching, I am the bread of life. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, taught I am the bread of life several times. And then even using bread to say, this is my body given to you. I really believe in the simplest form. Whenever those disciples or anybody else that heard his teaching encountered bread, it was to kick in the gear. As much as I need this for my body, I need Jesus for my soul that nothing else satisfies. As you go through this Lent season, will you realize that nothing will satisfy your soul's desire and hunger? Because we tried to feed the soul with physical stuff and we can't do it. It has to be the Word of God. Spoken Word of creation, the written Word of God, and the living Word of God, which is Jesus Himself. Nothing will satisfy Him like you, like He does. And I thank you for being a part of this. I pray it's a challenge. Journey with us through the Gospel of John with the I Am statements and the I Am series that we have. And remember, when you eat bread today, remember as your body needs bread, your soul needs the Lord. I pray you remember that. And only He can satisfy. I love you. What do we say to each other before we leave? Grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them. Okay, God bless.